Take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. Jim Rohn. Man's time here is finite, but the influence of a man is infinite. The question is what shall we do with the daylight that remains? All right, welcome back to the show. Appreciate you guys showing up. Uh, My name is Bronson Wilkes. I'm the founder and host of the Build the Life You Want podcast, and I appreciate your support here. Today, we're going to talk about a couple of things that you can add to your morning routine to affect your lives greatly in many ways, including things like increased testosterone and estrogen production, um, improved sleep, your mood, your alertness, your immune system health, etc. Okay. And this is literally just two things that you could do. And you may be doing them at some point in the day, but shifting them to the morning can improve them even more. So the first thing is light, natural sunlight. Now, most of this stuff comes from Andrew Huberman. He's a professor and part of the medical research and, and education program at Stanford University. Um, he does a lot of research on vision and neurobiology. So this guy is brilliant. He's, he's, uh, certainly got a lot to offer and, uh, I'm going to touch on a couple of things that he has taught. I'm not getting into the great detail like he does. If you want to hear, hear his version of it, I'll, I'll put this link in the show notes to a couple of his episodes that you should definitely go check out if you're into the, you know, geeking out on science. He'll he'll talk about the mechanisms of action, the biological level, the names of the parts of the brain and the cells and 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 all these things that are affected by light uh, and by exercise. Okay. So I enjoy uh, Andrew Huberman's podcast greatly, and if you're kind of a science nerd, then then you probably will too. So, a little plug for Andrew there, but um, definitely some awesome teachings there. His episodes are you know two two hours long frequently, and he goes into every he, he covers every angle of these things. Okay, so number one, light, just a basic level of light, right? You may remember from your elementary high school days when you have a a white light coming into a prism. When it hits that prism, it separates those wavelengths out and you can see like a rainbow inside there, right? You see all the visible light for human beings. (laughs) Now there are light waves on either end of that spectrum that we just can't perceive with the human eye, right? But we know it exists. For example, we'll put on infrared goggles and we can see infrared light. There are animals out there that can see that naturally uh, and they hunt based on infrared, right? Uh, there's the other other end of the spectrum, which is like UV, UV rays, uh, ultraviolet light. And, and uh, those are the ones that can damage our skin if we're in the, the sun too long directly, right? Well, it turns out there are also very beneficial properties to both of these lights. Uh, the larger wavelengths, which is the red light and the smaller wavelengths, which are closer to the UV light and blue light. So as you know, spending too much time out in this direct sunlight can cause, you know, harm to your skin and and many people every year die from uh, skin cancer. So you need to do this 
in moderation and with some uh, strategy here, but Andrew Huberman says when he wakes up early in the morning, he makes a beeline for natural light. And I'm going to give you some of the reasons why, but he takes in about 10 minutes of sunlight directly on his face and skin so that he can get it particularly through the eyes and on his skin. Okay. The number one thing is when we get that direct sunlight in the eyes, it sort of sends all these signals to our the organs of our body. Now, your skin is an organ, <laughs> and it can also secrete hormones and regulate hormones, but also the, the organs deeper, right, your liver and spleen and those things deeper in your, your body that don't get the direct sunlight effect, they receive signals from your eyes and skin, and it affects the way they behave. Okay, so one of his examples that he used is, much like sunlight affects the ripening of a, of a fruit, uh, whether that's directly on the fruit or from the plant receiving the sunlight, either way, it affects the biology of that fruit, right? And he says that it's a similar effect on our body. And when we try and get down to the uh, mechanisms of action, it's quite complicated because it can you know, affect many different areas of the body at the same time, which... When you have many different factors, it's hard to kind of break that down. But that's the work that he does. And again, I'll say it one more time, he he can give a, a very excellent explanation of, of all those mechanisms. Okay, so one of the first things I want to tell you about here is that when a person is moved from a dark room into a very bright space with natural light, uh, you receive a shot of adrenaline. It affects this part of the brain called the locus ceruleus. And that essentially shoots a little bit of adrenaline into the body, similar to if you were to jump in a pool of cold water. So when you get that spike of adrenaline, your alertness immediately goes up. Number two, uh, when you get a little bit of sunlight on your skin, this increases testosterone and estrogen production in the gonads. And part of this is associated with melatonin, which he spends a lot of time talking about the effects of melatonin. And I'll just kind of brief you on a few of those. But first of all, sunlight suppresses melatonin. Okay. And so melatonin, as most people know, is one of the sleep agents of the body, right? When melatonin rises, you get more sleepy. And it should be present during the nighttime. And if you've slept well, that melatonin has risen and spiked and then fallen off. And and I also discuss this melatonin effect more in depth in my book review of Why We Sleep, which is right here behind me, Why We Sleep. That was a very impactful book on me. So go check out those episodes if you haven't yet. So melatonin, a sleep agent naturally occurring in the body. Sunlight suppresses melatonin. Now, there's a couple of different effects. There's the short term. So when you see light, even if you get up in the middle of the night and flip on a light, go into the bathroom or something, your melatonin will go almost to zero. Okay, so wake up in the morning, head out to the sunlight, get your eyes and skin flooded with with sunlight, and that will suppress the melatonin that will go away. Now, melatonin has been shown to suppress testosterone and estrogen production in the gonads, meaning the ovaries and the testes, right? So that's not all bad, but if you're a grown adult and 
having a chronically high level of melatonin because your sleep is off, you're not getting enough sunlight, you're not getting enough exercise, et cetera, then it will have a negative effect. However, there's the flip side. Proper function of melatonin where it goes up and down in sort of in rhythm with your circadian rhythm that where there's this consistent sleep and wake pattern. Um, it, it can have like antioxidant properties, anti-cancer properties. Um, it can improve, you know, there's, there's the effects on the testosterone and estrogen that I talked about. So when it's regularly, uh, going up and down and you have these suppression moments throughout the day, uh, then your testosterone and estrogen production is is up, is elevated. And um, he even goes in, Huberman actually goes into saying that, you know, during the spring and summer days where there's a lot of sunshine, a lot of light, um, testosterone and estrogen seem to be higher. And all mammals, including humans, uh, actually have increased sex drive and sexual activity. And this is associated with the average amount of sunlight that we receive. So in the winter months, when the days are short and people typically naturally see less sunlight, just both because we spend less time outside because it's cold, but also because the days are short, um, melatonin is, is higher during those months. And there's sort of this annual rhythm to it, he says. It's, it's basically the average throughout the year. And so those months have a higher level of melatonin and, um, you know, sexual drive and testosterone stuff is kind of down. And as the spring starts coming and days get longer and you're getting more and more sunshine directly on your face and skin, testosterone starts to creep back up and um, melatonin suppression is, is occurring. And, and of course, the sex drives and, and energy and things goes up. So in short, the amount of melatonin produced is actually directly correlated to the amount of sunlight in the environment in which you live and the amount of sunlight that you take in during those days. So I've named a few things about melatonin, but just to kind of wrap it up a little bit, melatonin can affect the bone size and bone density that we have, can affect our cardiovascular health, can affect the testes and and ovaries and in hormone production, specifically testosterone and estrogen, Um, has some antioxidant effects. But this is all based on the rise and fall of melatonin and you want a very healthy uh, amount of melatonin throughout your life. So young kids actually have more melatonin uh, on average than adults and that can help sort of suppress uh, going through puberty until the right time for puberty. And so, you know, of course, uh, having a good sleep pattern for your children is also extremely important, making sure that they get sufficient sleep and have a good sleep schedule. Sleep being one of the most impactful things on your health that we know about. Okay, now the second thing I wanted to talk about adding to your morning routine is exercise. Now we've talked about this before in other episodes, how you know exercising a little later in the day, your joints and bones may be a little bit more alert your muscles are woken up. And there's actually some studies that I've read before that shows that you may may actually make more progress in like strength building and things like that when you exercise at noon or later. However, for your the sake of your sleep, it's probably better to exercise sometime in the morning. And it doesn't have to be immediately when you wake up. I 
typically enjoy it sometime in the first few hours of being awake. Uh, I just feel like it sets my day up. I, I, I feel that surge of adrenaline and, and p- potentially testosterone and, and that um, kind of dopamine hit lasts a while through the day, especially if I push myself into some real stressful exercise, right? If I'm running long distance where I go really long, or if I'm doing heavy lifting and I, I really lift hard to the point where I feel some sort of exhaustion, right? I can feel the burn in my lungs, the burn in my muscles. When I hit that point, I feel just really charged for the rest of the day. And, um, what Huberman says is that when you exercise at the same time every day for just even four or five days, your body starts to anticipate that and you'll get a surge of energy just prior to your exercise uh, routine. Now, you do not want that to happen sometime close to bed, right? Because your sleep is the most important part of healing your body, changing the way memories are stored, cleaning out the ganglia of your brain, uh, repairing your body, the you know the muscle damage you've done during exercise gets repaired. You burn fat, you, like all kinds of things happen during your sleep. So you want your sleep to be extremely high quality if you can, right? So exercising in the morning and getting that routine, your body will then produce that surge of adrenaline or or a bit of energy early on, and you'll become more of a morning person. But then as you've gotten sunlight, really woken your body up and used energy early in the day, well, then you can then make your evening routine a bit more calm. You can start to uh, decrease the amount of sunlight that you get or even artificial light. Uh, You can be more calm and relaxed and prepare yourself to sleep, right? In addition to that, I would say if you're going to drink caffeine, like if you're a coffee drinker or something, drink that early in the day. Because as uh, Matthew Walker explains in Why We Sleep, the half-life of caffeine is actually longer than you think. I can't remember the exact number, but it's like seven, eight hours, something quite long. So if you start drink, if you're drinking that in the morning, that should taper off by evening. But if you're drinking it at noon and afternoon, you're still going to have some caffeine in your blood and what caffeine does is basically suppress that uh, feeling of tiredness. It doesn't actually give you energy. It suppresses the uh, sleep pressure, which is the way Matthew Walker describes it. There's two main mechanisms causing you to fall, get tired. One is melatonin. The other is sleep pressure, which builds for every minute or hour that we're awake through the day. But when you drink caffeine, it kind of blocks those receptors that say, this sleep pressure is building up and I'm getting tired. So drink the caffeine early. Don't drink it late. Uh, Exercise early so that you get that surge of energy. Then calm your evenings, reduce light, et cetera. So in the morning and in the summer months, get a lot of sun exposure and direct sunlight into your eyes and some on your skin. Now be safe about the whole skin thing, right? As I started this episode, there's a lot of research that shows illnesses and cancers and things like that from skin, but a little bit of sunlight on your skin actually activates the immune system to go out and repair 
damage to the skin. So as long as you're not harming your skin, but you're getting some uh, light that really goes in and affects your body and triggers some of these mechanisms, it's going to have health properties. The last thing I'll say about light on your body that you may want to go hear his episode just to hear what he's talking about, but he's basically saying that these longer wavelengths, like the red light waves in particular, those will go right through your skin. And so they actually go into your body, into your inner organs, maybe even to the inner bone of your body and can activate various things within your body. Uh, And so there has been some studies on red light. I know there are a lot of products out there promoting red light and some of them are gimmicky and based on false science, but some are legitimate. And so it's been proven to improve eyesight for people over 40, looking into some red light every day for a few minutes. Uh, It it has some effects on organs, bones, etc. So light is energy and it certainly has an effect on the cellular level of our bodies. So learning to, um, you know, monitor the way you receive light, making sure you get enough, especially in the summer, um, using it to wake yourself up and uh, get your day started, regulate your hormones, your mood, etc. So I just want to read you a quick quote from Andrew Huberman that I heard on a podcast. And he says, the single best thing you can do for your sleep, your energy, your mood, your wakefulness, your metabolism, etc. is get natural light in your eyes early in the day, 10 minutes, don't wear sunglasses, don't do it through a window, directly on your skin early in the morning and through your eyes. So those are the two things. If you can get direct sunlight in your eyes and on your skin in the morning, and uh, especially in the summer months, extend that a little bit and uh, make sure you exercise early. Those two things will help out greatly with your morning routine. So since this podcast is about figuring out which ways we can improve our lives so that we can, of course, be more effective, stronger, more passionate, have great relationships, physical, mental, emotional health, and how we can have an impact on the world around us. I think this is an effective way to kind of get things started every day. So I appreciate you guys listening. Of course, I'll put the links in the show notes that I mentioned as far as a a couple of episodes and Andrew Huberman's uh, content referenced Start With Why. That's a great book. One other book that I would say you you may want to read that I've referenced many times is Younger Next Year. talks about um, the decay of the body and that if you don't stress your body enough through physical exertion that you uh, are not combating the decay with rebuilders, rather you're just in a, some state of decay. So, so some great references here for you to check out. Um, and I appreciate you guys listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Hey, thanks for listening to the entire episode. As a token of gratitude, I want to give you a discount on my book, Ingrained. Head over to bronsonwilkes.com store and download Ingrained for less than a dollar with the coupon code GOALS, G-O-A-L-S.